Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Um, Excuse me. We've got all of five minutes. So I, I think, hey, but, but I've got to be honest. Auctioneer mode. Auctioneer mode. <laughs> uh, what's exciting to me is the things I've already heard from God this morning. I, I hope you've heard some things from God. It's been kind of exciting to, to hear God and, and to remember uh, God's incredible grace for us already this morning. Um, and, and so uh, this morning I, I want us to think about the things that we miss for instance, I would guess that you've already missed a number of things this morning. Uh, and one of the struggles in our lives is we have so many things happening uh, that we miss things all the time. I, when I was in uh, ROTC back in the day, uh, I missed a number of things. I, I made some poor choices, and I missed some very important opportunities in my life. Um, I had an opportunity to see an in-air refueling. Wouldn't that be cool? I had that opportunity. Uh, Unfortunately, I decided that uh, I had an exam in one of my classes, and I decided that that was more important than seeing an in-air refueling. Now, is that foolish? (laughs) I can tell you right now, it's a decision I regret. When everybody came back, They started talking about how cool it was. They let them get down in where the boom operator was. And the boom is that that tail that comes out of the plane, and and the F-16 would come up, and and they would would fly in tandem, and would come up, and he'd come up real slowly, and that boom would hit just the right mark, and, and they would hold it together as they pumped fuel into, while they're flying, uh, while they're moving at an incredible pace, uh, thousands of feet in the air. I, and, and I was sitting at a desk with a paper and a pencil. That's how long ago it was, by the way. Uh, and doing an exam. And when they came back with their stories, I thought, what was I thinking? Think of what you missed. You didn't go to Nicaragua like these folks did. Think of what you missed. You missed all kinds of opportunities. And tonight we're going to be able to hear them, and we've heard some of them already. Oh, man, don't you wish you could have gone? Don't you wish you could have been with them? And experience that. They experienced new things. They went to worship in new places. And, and, and it was just a real incredible time. Think of all the things they missed. Now tonight you can come and hear what you missed. And it'll be exciting. But it won't be the same as being there, will it? It can't be the same. But you get a taste. Exactly, that's exactly what happened in our mornings, in our passage this morning, isn't it? I mean, Paul had been out. He'd gone through all these towns, all these uh, places, and he had met Gentiles who had put their faith in Jesus Christ, and he had, he had gotten them to see the truth of the gospel. And although a lot of the Jewish people where he was uh, were, were rejecting the gospel, a lot of the Gentile people were, and there were all kinds of exciting things happening. And the Scripture says he shared with them in detail 
everything that God did. And so, in light of that, they were able to see what God had done, but they weren't there to experience it. Likewise, because Paul wasn't with them, he, he wasn't able to experience They were able to tell him thousands of Jewish people in Jerusalem were coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And so he was missing out on that. So together they were able to sit down and they were able to begin to look at all these things they had missed and share together so that in the end they might have some idea of what God can do. Now I believe we miss a whole lot of things. Um, We miss many opportunities that God puts in our path. We miss those opportunities because we become busy doing our own thing. We become busy within ourselves. We become, we become busy with what we have or, or with the, the need of the moment rather than keeping our eyes on the opportunities that God has placed in our path. I believe that every day God gives you an opportunity. I remember Barbara Levan used to pray uh, every Wednesday night. She, she'd ask God to show her her mission for that day. She wanted to know what her mission for the day would be. Now, that's a way to wake up, isn't it? Uh, you wake up and you, you're tired and you're grouchy and you're thinking, oh man, I've got to go back to work today. Would your life be different If you woke up and you said, okay, Lord, I'm not feeling the best this morning, but I want whatever mission you have for my life today. I believe if we began to wake up that way, we might begin to see opportunities that we never thought we'd see. We'd see God's hand at work. It'd be like jumping off the... the, uh, the snowbank on those skis and just flying off the side of the mountain. You think that's pretty exhilarating? You know what I like about this picture? It doesn't show him landing. He's probably on his back. Well, I don't know. I, I've done uh, this not quite so high, I don't think, but I, I have uh, been in air with skis on and lived to tell about it. And it's an exhilarating experience. And God's following God is the same way. There are many opportunities uh, that we miss. We also uh, miss opportunities for fellowship. We miss fellowship with one another. Paul is excited because he was able to fellowship with Gentiles. The 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 uh, elders are excited because they were able to fellowship with Jews. And now that Paul is back, he gets to fellowship with those he fellowshiped with before he left. Those people who knew he was a Jew. Now, I want to talk about this a minute because I think uh, we miss opportunities to fellowship with one another. We miss fellowship because we begin to look at the way other people work and we begin to judge the way they work or the way they worship or the way they try to serve God. Now, what they say to Paul is, Paul, we want you to get involved with these guys who need to make, or who've made a vow to God, and they want to go through the purification rites, just like the, the law tells them. So they want to follow through on the law. And it would be great if you would come alongside them, and it would, first of all, it would help people who think you don't care about the law anymore see that you still see value in the law. And on top of that, it'll give you a chance to come alongside these people 
And Paul is excited to do that. Paul had been in a lot of different places where they worshiped God in a lot of different ways. Where, where when he shared with them the gospel of Jesus Christ, they, they had new, new ways to worship him. Uh, I'm always excited in our, our congregation. We have people that worship God in a whole lot of ways here. And I watch, and it's kind of fun. Uh, you know, some people worship God like this. Okay, uh, and you know, if, if you have a hard time smiling, that's okay. I'm okay with that. Uh, some, some people in our congregation worship God like this. Those are the people I like. As a matter of fact, uh, there's a, a number of people, a couple of people in particular that, that don't like to sing, and, and so they don't sing the songs, but I know we're hitting on all cylinders when they start doing this number. <laughs> They're using their body. Some people worship God like this in our congregation. I, I praise God for that. They lift their hands up to God, and they worship God in that way. We, we can come to God many different ways and worship Him. God doesn't have a set rule for how you worship Him. It, he's not concerned about the, the uh, sound of the music. He doesn't care if it's too loud or too soft. He doesn't care if it's upbeat or if it's slow. God wants us to come and offer our lives to Him in fellowship with one another, to encourage one another to worship Him in the way we feel most comfortable. And if someone next to you is worshiping differently than you, then simply celebrate the fact that they can do that. As a matter of fact, I might encourage you to give it a try. You never know. You might really be touched by offering yourself and getting involved. I, I think of the team in, at Nicaragua, uh, when they were there, they, they went to worship, and that worship was very different than the way we worship here. As a matter of fact, they spoke a different language even, and they were still glorifying God. Paul recognized that these young men wanted to glorify God. He didn't want to miss an opportunity to fellowship with them. He wanted to see what God would do in their lives. And so he comes alongside of them. Too often we miss fellowshipping with one another because we look at each other and we say, well, you're different than I am, so I don't want to worship with you. I want to worship with somebody, someone that's like me. I encourage you to worship with different people. That's why I come to Greenfield, because you all are different. <laughs> Misfellowship. And then last, uh, too often we miss what's most important. Too often we miss what's most important. I, I wish we had more time uh, because I, I find it fascinating that the elders in Jerusalem had sat down and prayerfully considered what was most important. And there were really three, three things that they wanted to make sure that the Gentiles were very aware of. First of all, they said, they, they said, don't eat meat sacrificed to idols. The issue there is idolatry. The, the, the issue there is don't, don't be caught up with idols. Stay away from idols. Because, you see, our God is a jealous God. In the book of Deuteronomy, in, in the Ten Commandments, you know the Ten Commandments, God starts out by saying, you shall have no other gods before me. What's he saying? He says, I want to be the focus of your life. I am to be your God. I am the living God. And we miss, too often we miss the fact that that's so important to God. God won't mind if I split my focus a little here. I'll be focused on him on Sunday, but on Monday through Saturday, I'll be focused on me. 
or I'll be focused on God on, on Thursday and Saturday. Well, maybe I'll start Thursday and get ready for Sunday, but those other days, especially Monday when I'm tired, I, I'm not going to focus on God. I'm going to focus on making money or getting ahead or being somebody important. I don't know what your idol is, but take that idol and say, I'm going to throw that idol to the side and I'm going to focus on God. The, the second thing they talk about is blood. And, and that's kind of odd for us. We, we don't live in a culture that's so concerned about uh, eating things with blood in it. Uh, but, but I just want to see if I can melt that down a little bit for you. If you read the Old Testament um, prohibitions around blood, they all have to do with life. And, and I believe that this is really what God is trying to get us to see here. That life is important. That life is sacred. What you do with life is important. What you do with your life is important. As a matter of fact, Jesus shed His blood, gave His life so that you could be forgiven, so that I could be forgiven for all the things I've ever done wrong. And He is cleansing me so that I can serve Him and live a life with purpose and with hope. Life is important. Uh, and, and sometimes we, we think of the sanctity of life and we, we just talk about abortion. Uh, I want you to know God is pro-life across the board. Across the board, He's pro-life. Not just when it comes to babies. He's pro-life when it comes to middle-aged people. He, 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 he's pro-life when it comes to older people. He's pro-life all the way along the scale. I went to an ethics lecture at Hammett a number of years ago, and uh, the, the guy there was setting up a, a situation for us, a case study. And in that case study, he said, here's a person who has, uh, is no longer able to feed themselves. And his question was, what do you do? Ethically, what do you do? Um, and many were saying, well, actually many. Uh, he, he had us raise our hands, so it was more than just many. He said, who here believes that this person who had been through a major traumatic incident and was unable to feed themselves and was on life support at the moment, how many of you believe this person should be removed from life support? Based on the medical information we have, how many of you believe this person should be removed from life support? And everybody's hand went up, except mine. And then he said, okay, who here believes that this person should not be removed from life support? And my hand went up. And I got the dirtiest looks I've ever gotten in my life. And his comment was, don't you know how much money it costs to keep a person on life support? And of course, I didn't have a chance to respond. I wanted to respond with, don't you know that the Almighty God can give life where there is no life? Don't you know that God would, is the one who should make those decisions? So in order to make that decision, we can't just say, well, medically they should remove. We should stop and ask God. Furthermore, we should ask the community of believers that this person lives in 
to, to see what's God doing in their lives and, and what has God been about in the family's life. There are a lot more questions that they needed to ask, not just how much does it cost to keep them alive. It may be very, wor- very much worth it to keep them alive. Now, I'm not saying that you should never remove life support. You, you know that. There comes a point where within the body of believers, as we pray together, uh, we remove all the machinery and say, okay, God, do what you need to do. If you want this person to live, they'll live. But if not, we believe in eternal life, so it's just a step from this life into the next. And finally, they said, you really want to make sure that you are sexually, uh, that you stay away from sexual immorality. And and so what I've done is uh, I've put this picture up because this picture just makes me laugh. This couple looking at each other all oogle-eyed and yet they're just shaking hands. And I, I just want to say something really quickly about our culture that, that bothers me. Uh, we no longer respect each other. Did you notice that? Now, that doesn't happen here, obviously. We, we teach our children here to respect each other. But we've stopped respecting each other in our culture. And as a result, everything now becomes permissible. Instead of really caring about each other and caring about each other as human beings and as people, we, we look at each other as objects or, or something to use. If we would begin to look at each other with the eyes of Christ again and see each other as beautifully and wonderfully made, children of God, to be upheld, to be encouraged, and to be respected, then I believe our culture would begin to take a new shift. Away from all the sexual immorality we see today and towards an understanding of what love really can look like. I wish we had more time. But I think too often we miss the main things. And so I want to I close with, with this. Um, you all sat around the table here a few minutes ago. Um, and I, I wonder how much you missed. Did you experience Jesus while you sat at the table? Or were you preoccupied with some other things? D- did, you, did you miss the fellowship while you sat around the table? Uh, did you recognize that there were people around you who were sharing with you the same meal? And in that moment of sharing, you were becoming one in Christ, that, that you were all taking of the same loaf. Did, did, did you catch the fellowship that was going on, or, or were you busy thinking about yourself at that moment? Did you miss the main point? Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. He's the reason we do it. It's not a ritual that we do. We do it because we recognize his great love for us. I hope you didn't miss it. I hope you don't miss it throughout your life. Jesus wants to be a part of your life every day. Please don't miss him. Let's bow forward to prayer. Thank you, Lord, for our time together, um, for your love. Thank you that you don't miss us, that you don't miss anything in us, that you watch us, that you hold us, 
that you draw us to you. We pray this week, Lord, that we wouldn't miss those opportunities you put in our place, uh, that, that we wouldn't miss the fellowship of believers, that we would take every opportunity we have to, to meet with brothers and sisters in Christ, encourage them and, and uh, help them to follow you. We, we pray, Father, that we wouldn't miss this week the main things, the things you have for us, that we might celebrate your love. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.